Welcome to The Nix, where we talk about pop culture until we can't stand it anymore, and we nix it. I'm Fanny Darling. And I'm Justin Hartung. As always, a quick warning, there might be spoilers for anything we talk about on this podcast, but we'll do our best to warn you that they're coming. This week, we're talking about Greta Gerwig's new movie adaptation of Little Women, plus thoughts on the annual freak show known as the Golden Globes. Okay, at the start of the program, we always like to ask you to rate and review us, and someday one of you will do it. Hey, do it. <laughs> we we can tell that people are listening, but you're not talking to us, so talk to us. I did see a one-star review the other day with, <gasps> with no comments. Did it say mean things about me? I'm expecting it to be mean yep. things about me because I'm the girl. There were just no comments at just all. Just a one-star. Wow. Yeah, which is so mysterious, but you know what? We'll take it. I'll take back. it. I'm going to go look at that. I'm actually sort of fascinated by that. Right. Anyway, what'd you do in pop culture this week, Justin? Uh, well, let's start with the Golden Globes. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, so <laughs> I didn't watch it. <laughs> I was texting you uh, relentlessly about how strange and weird it was. Um, I didn't pull up any of the winners. I'm going to just, I'm going to do some like, hey, crazies and some, hey, nice surprises because it's the Golden Globes and it's weird. Um, so I'll start with the negative. Hey, crazies. Tom Hanks was on cold medicine and talked Did he about say it. He was on cold yeah, me- he has oh. a horrible cold, and he got. He this- also told everybody to be on time, though, I- and I super feel that. Although that's weird. No, it's, it's not little- being on time. That is a midwestern farmer thing. My grandpa Earl, I, I. Super it was a little like nobody asked you to lecture everybody about why you won the Cecil B. DeMille Award. He didn't I did not... win it. He was granted it. It's a Lifetime Achievement Award. I, I didn't care for it. It okay. was strange. He did give props to uh, Holland Taylor and, and, and Peter Peter's Scolari, <laughs> which was very sweet. But I think he mostly knew it was in his clip reel. He, it was weird. It was rambly. It was uncomfortable. I did not like it. Oh, it's, uh, he's like he's inventor of the humble brag. Um, wow. Yeah. And... Somebody was thinking he was super hot when the bar we were in was playing Castaway the other day, so I think you should be hedging your bets just a little. It wasn't super hot. Yeah, you were. Yes. <laughs> it was, was unexpectedly hot. It was, it, it was a joke. Um, uh, sure. So he did, He was a very good-looking guy when he was younger. That was one thing I noticed in the clip reel they played. I was like, oh, you used to be very, like, handsome. Um, what else? <laughs> um, moving on. I... Really liked Charlie's Theron. Well, no, let's do more negatives. Uh, my- yes, no, we have to poop on people uh, first. Man, Walking Phoenix. Did you hear about this speech? No. Um, it was basically trying to say, I'm a terrible person. I've made many terrible career choices. This movie's been misinterpreted. Um, but thanks. Anyways, I'm also heavily high or medicated on something. Like, really, that guy's fucking weird. Well, he hasn't had any protein in about 25 years, so. Well, and the last night he was looking. Bloated? Zaftig and bloated. Um, it was very strange. It was odd. It was just a very strange speech. It did not. I think I said nice. I, I know I said nice things about him last week. I'm taking some of those back. He's a fucking weirdo. No, he's an um, odd guy. Yeah, he was raised in a cult. Quentin. Tar- oh, was he really? Yeah, children of of God. Yeah, Quentin Tarantino oh, um, gave a speech for screenplay, but he basically let somebody else do it. It was so odd. It was so 
like pompous and weird and creepy and I mean if there's a midpoint between humble brag and Quentin Tarantino please find it um but also I'm sorry but once upon in Hollywood once upon a time in Hollywood neither a musical nor a comedy no I mean kind of a comedy <laughs> definitely not a drama um Mm, more I, drama than mm. just to show that I'm gender sort of non-biased here. Renee Zellweger. Oh, she's crazy. That was fucking insane. I didn't see it, but I just it know was she's weirdly crazy. defensive about like. Oh, her first comment was like, "Well, nice to see you after 15 years." Like she's a little victim, insane um, woman. You have an Oscar. Shut up and sit down. Yeah, it was a very and you've speech. worked continuously since you had an Oscar. Yeah. Yes, people say you're crazy because you're crazy. Yeah, it was very odd, and I was like, right. And then, okay, so now we'll segue into the middle ground, which was people who gave political speeches that were well intentioned but were really odd and kind of flat. Um, Patricia Arquette, that was crazy. <laughs> like, I didn't see it. Yeah. The only one I heard was Michelle Williams, it was and I just, liked Michelle Williams. Patricia Arquette's was like a checklist of like Hollywood liberal like yeah. rants, which I'm sure well intentioned. But she had these giant dark sunglasses on, and her sorry, I'm just gonna say it, her giant fake boobs, and it was very she's, a, she's an odd woman, very strange. Um, Michelle Williams. Was better because at least she got up there and just got her, like, you know, talking points in, but didn't talk nothing about the process of that role at all or anything that anybody she worked with. Um, man, there was so much crazy on display. I loved her roundabout. Look, I had an abortion when I was young, and it's the reason I'm okay. And I love that she didn't straight out say it, right. but she straight out said it. Yeah. And it was like, and so. That was important to me, and now I have this great kid, and right, I'm right. okay, yeah. and we no, need nice to be able speech. to plan yeah. our own lives, and a, I really liked that. Here's a terrible question. Was okay. that a plot point of Fosse Verdon at all? No, it was not. No. Yeah, it was just, no. I don't know. It felt very crazy and random. A lot. I mean, a lot of the night did. I'm spreading it out equally. I think that there was a backlash to Gervais telling them all that they weren't allowed to make political uh, <laughs> So yeah. I would have gotten up and been Although like, yeah. he you know, also not. made. He's an asshole. Yeah, although he made very barbed political points about Amazon and Apple. While also all right, fine, whatever. They all do. They're all a bunch of fucking phonies. It is absolutely true. Um, so Talk about Charlize. I'm going to talk about nice things. Um, Charlize Theron was wonderful and charming and funny and stole the night. Kate McKinnon was... I heard her... So wonderful. And I know Ellen DeGeneres has gotten a lot of, like, crap for not being, like, a perfect ally. I'm sorry, I think... Or, you know, thanking her wife. Or what? Or thanking her wife in her speech. No, it's important. It's important. She gave her a very sweet kiss. That's very nice. It's Um, important. Yeah. Maybe she doesn't care. Maybe she's like, don't thank me. We don't know I... I, Um... Uh, I, I liked them a lot, I, but I really liked Charlize Theron. I really liked, um, let me think of something else nice to stay. There must have been something else nice to stay. I know I had one other. I should have taken some notes here. Um, oh, Aquafina, So funny and good. One for the farewell. Um, right. And also, not a comedy or a musical. But yeah, I mean, sort of. I mean, Aquafina like, is comedic. known as a comedic actor, right. but that was not... Anyway. Also, the best joke of the night upon getting up on stage, clearly shocked, was like, well, now I know when my career fails, I can always sell this thing. Um, <laughs> good joke. <Yeah. laughs> uh, 
God, what else? Missing Link one, the the famous movie that I rented on my uh, work account um, by mistake when I was logged in and then had to Oops. tell my boss that I had rented Missing Link on my work account and then didn't finish or even watch. Um, Maisie's being very cute tonight in case you hear a little <laughs> chirping in the background. I'm, I'm taking a picture. I'll tweet it out. It's yeah. ridiculous. Um, but yeah, it uh, it was a weird rough show a lot of strange surprises um i guess that's good in a way and for the oscars it might mean we don't know what's happening i you know no spoilers but little women not at all in the conversation and that's surprising and i'm wondering if that will change because i don't think enough people have seen it maybe right because it came out so late right is that your feeling i hope so yeah uh we'll talk about that more in a second all right any other Golden Globe thoughts from you? Nope. Didn't watch it. Yeah. Because um, I never watch it. Ever. I, I don't remember the last time I watched the Well, Golden we, we read through the list last year and ranted yeah. about it. But Yes, um, but I literally yeah. do not remember the last time I sat and watched <laughs> the Golden Globes. I watch one, possibly two awards show a year. I watch the, the Academy Awards because it's tradition, and I watch the Independent Spirit Awards. That's it. Oh, wow. I didn't went that on. I'm not sure when it'll be this year, but I like to watch it. Never seen because it's always funny that. and very often John yeah. Waters is the MC. Nice. Um, also, I've been continuing my Steven Universe journey. Man, have I ever tried to love a show so much that felt like Justin Nip, Justin, yeah, Justin yeah. Nip? That is just. It's fine. It's it's like I really want somebody to. This is I, very interesting to me because two days ago you were super into it. I know you go a, back and forth. It's a slog. It needs an editor. It needs maybe me making a list of if you are in search of Justin Nip. Here are the like the first season, maybe two of fifty episodes you should watch. The second season, watch all of them. I'm into the third season, and now I'm suddenly like, oh, am I going to skip a lot in this season again? It is very uneven. Um, and I like it. There's so much good stuff in it. It's, I super appreciate kind of what it's trying to do, but it's such a kid show in a way that I'm just like, uh, it's just like, I don't know why I'm watching all this, but also it's been a fucking rough week and I'm also happy to sort of make my way through it. And if I wake up in the middle of the night with stress and anxiety, I can go watch Steven universe. So I appreciate it for that. Um, I also watched Polaroid, a pretty terrible, but not unwatchable uh, horror movie about a haunted Polaroid camera that a bunch of young millennials find and are like, what's, oh, remember remember these? Um, (laughs) Because they've seen their parents, you know, like use them. Uh, It is very silly. It is not a good movie. Not worth seeking out. If it's on free, there are worse things you could do. Um, That's all I got. What do you have? I have uh, the first thing that I watched, uh, we are going to talk about more next week. Uh, so I'm just going to quickly say I've watched the first five episodes of Work in Progress and I am enjoying it. We'll talk about it next week. Tell us briefly, though, what it is for anybody. That- uh, Work in Progress is Abby McEvan, I believe. I'm not sure how to pronounce or McVeigh. I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name. Uh, is a show that she's created about being a queer dyke, dating a trans man and navigating a queer society as someone with OCD and anxiety. Uh, that's good description. Yes, I've seen two of them and I'm also eager to talk about this yes, next week when we, yeah, yeah. We'll talk more, go, go watch it guys. Cause on be, showtime on showtime. It's, it's really good. Also on showtime, Ray Donovan has returned. I think this is season eight. Is this it? For I don't know. <laughs> There's only two more episodes left. I've watched eight episodes. <sighs> 
I could watch Liev Shriver do just about anything. I'm going to be honest with this show. It's not, it's fine. The writing's always good. The acting's always solid. The plots are well done. Um, but it's just about now they're in New York and fix, I guess they're in Boston now at this time. I can't remember. I can't keep it all so straight. Anyway, Liev Schreiber is good. This show is fine. I've been watching it. Um, I watched a documentary on Hulu. I think it's two parts about basically the life and death of Phil Hartman that had lots of really interesting interviews, including Julia Sweeney, who we will talk about in work in progress. <laughs> um, things that I didn't necessarily know about Phil Hart Hartman and both him and, uh, his wife that ended up shooting them both. Um, it was worth watching. It's not super, de I mean, it's depressing, but it wasn't like you don't end up disliking e really either one of them. Um, it's really about mental illness kind of on both parts. Okay. And, and um, it's good. It was, it's worth watching. It's on Hulu. It's two parts. It won't take you a lot of time. I will it definitely watch this. Is there out. a lot of footage of him and his yeah. famous characters? I mean, yeah, I thought he was is. brilliant. Sorry. He was brilliant yeah. and, and very special. And, and yeah. it, it, it's, it's worth watching. So cool. that is what I did in pop culture this week. And one more thing. Yes. His Dark Materials, which oh, I yes, right. talked about. Yes, yes. Um, That's both. You finished it. I did. What did you think? I'm not talking to you. <laughs> I warned you, right? <laughs> Roger is a free elf. Yeah. Um, it's rough. Yeah. These are the worst parents in, you know, since the Lannisters, <laughs> since <laughs> Jamie and Cersei. These are not good parents. Um, did you think that it got better or am I alone? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. It definitely got better. Yeah. It definitely got less perfunctory. Um they they spent the time where they needed to spend the time for the emotion, I think. Um, which, when you're in the beginning of let's just touch all these bases is hard until you realize that they really spent these last three episodes giving you the emotional payoff. Um, I think that the kid next... I'm excited for next season. I think the kid that plays Will is going to be very good. Um, I can't wait to see them interact. Yeah. Fare thee well, Roger. You sir. Oh, my God. There was God. much crying. And yeah. Yeah. And Lyra's parents can basically just fuck off. What... Uh, do you want to talk about our main topic? Do it. <laughs> uh, Louisa May Alcott's classic 1860s story. I think it's two novels that the, all of the Little Women's are based on. Well... The f the main is just the one, and then it does continue. But right. the, that first book is really. But most movies touch both adaptations. I don't think so. Okay, I don't know and then enough about that. They don't that, go anywhere but... near Little Men either. Okay, and it's now had five adaptations. I believe something like that. Um, this time from Lady Bird director Greta Gerwig. Uh, the Quartet of Sisters is played by Shusha Ronan. I've learned how to say her name. Yay, Yay. me! Florence Pugh, Emma Watson, and Elizabeth Scanlon. Uh, Timothy Chalamet ups his lovable scamp game as love interest Laurie and the likes of Laura Dern and Meryl Streep and randomly Bob Odenkirk had some extra award bait. Um, what did you think of Little Women? I, this is not spoilers is like we're going to go into spoilers. This right. is an old ass I mean, book that's been made good lord. Times. Yeah. Yeah. Come on people. Uh, uh, Beth dies. <laughs> no, sorry. No, it's Amy. You know, Beth dies. Amy burns the manuscript yeah. and deserves to get her ass kicked. Exactly. We're just going to start right there. Yeah. As much as I love Amy, she, she redeems herself. I do like Amy as a character. Little bitch, burn the manuscript. <laughs> and as a, still. as a writer, <laughs> that, like, hits deep. Forgiveness comes too quickly, frankly. It, yeah. 
Yeah, Shersha Ronan. Yeah, Joe, you're a better person than me because, man, even if I forgave you, I'd still bring it up at Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Um, I thought this was a brilliant adaptation of this, and I will start by saying that I didn't like this book. I never did. I always found it boring. I also did not like Anne of Green Gables, people, so I am not the target audience for those, like, sweeping novels set in the early 1900s, late 1860s, early 1900s about girls. They were not my thing. I was reading Stephen King. Were you a Maya um, Antonia person or no? A what? Maya Antonia, Willa Cather? No. 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 Okay. Nope, 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 nope. No, I was a Stephen King person. <laughs> I liked Stephen King. And apparently Franz Kafka, because I tried to read The Metamorphosis in German. So, yeah. So what did you think? Um, I... That said, I adored this adaptation. I thought Gerwig made some very interesting and subtle changes. Not even changes, but just uh, her... Why can't I think of the word I want? It's Because it wasn't changes, it was in interpretations. She made very interesting interpretations that changed this property for the modern and made very interesting statements with it. Um, I loved it. I... One of the things that I really, really liked was um, there's the there's there's the Lawrence family. Chris Cooper plays uh, Timothy Chalamet's grandfather, you know, Mr. Lawrence, and um, he he looks for all the world like Scrooge, okay. Right. And you very much there there would be a way to make him very grumpy and mean, and then have to have like this dawning of oh, you know, God bless us, everyone. They don't ever do that, and I really respected that i liked that it was no 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 no. this is a community in a time of war and a time of great upset for their country that is coming together as a community rich poor grumpy happy and looking out for each other and i liked that there never had to be this redemption of grandpa lawrence that he always was they knew who he was they knew he was damaged but he also wasn't mean to them i don't remember and, if, is that how he was in the book I don't remember. But you're like, doesn't matter. This like, is the first time that I remember yeah. him being a almost fully realized character mm-hmm. and part of the family and part of the community. Because I don't remember him in other adaptations, which I think is a credit to this novel. Right. I mean, to this adaptation and to this movie. Um, and I just really appreciated that that didn't have to be a thing. Right. Because it would be an easy thing to go to. Yep. It would be, you know, to even just have it so be subtext. And yeah. they didn't. And, and also placing too much um, weight on the, the male characters in a way, which is not really right. It's just like you're a person, Instead, but this he, isn't really your story. Yeah, and that, he yeah. and that character knew it, and he just loved those girls, and he and and he saw, oh, that family is doing well for some is is doing good for other people, so I'm going to figure out how to do good for them in a way that I can, but also respect the fact that they are prideful. And I just really thought this was a great adaptation of this novel and i i could tell from the preview that i was going to like it because of the actors i didn't know that it would actually say so much to me what'd you think well you teed me right up for being like i saw the preview and went eh, i don't know greta gerwig married to that asshole uh <laughs> whatever his name is uh marriage story baumbach Oh, um, is she? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, I know, and I was. You kind should of, probably get a divorce, Gerwig. I'm secretly hoping that they end up in best director against each other. Yeah, I mean, fun. the Golden Globes clearly didn't see that coming. But right. um, I really liked this movie. I saw it twice. In fact, I saw it once with uh, my husband on vacation, and then I saw it again with you. Um, 
it because I was sort of intrigued by my reaction to it. I just was kind of moved by it. I think it really does an amazingly good job of, you know, talking about sort of the themes that Alcott was bringing up about the sort of uh, valuation or underestimation of women sort of as artists and creators, but in a really sort of, I mean, it's not subtle, but I think there's an interesting way that she handles it. That's like, yeah, I can't be subtle about this, because I enjoy this and it's a very old piece of fiction, but I can bring out the things that I think are kind of resonant. And it's just an interesting mix of like sort of handling it and getting the emotional beats and getting those characters right. But also just sort of being like, Hey, here's what's resonating with me as a, as a creator and a a sort of, you know, female sort of director. And um, yeah, it just was, it was really interesting. Um, I also really liked um, the ending is very meta in a way that it sort of folds in a bunch of Alcott's real life and her own publishing of the book. Um, Which was so beautiful. Yeah. And there's a lot of conversation about like what is actually real in the movie's universe and what is, uh, you know, sort of. The, the thing that her publisher may have made her do to complete the book. And I love that Gerwig comes down on the side of like, it kind of, you can have it both ways. It doesn't really matter. This can be a fantasy about the romance that you want and the hope that that gives you. And also it can be an indictment of that you don't may not ever get it. And that's still okay. Yeah. I mean, that scene where basically, which apparently is a real Alcott quote from another book where she sort of is talking about, you know, women are artists and they're creators and they're, thinkers and i'm so tired of them being undervalued and yet i'm so lonely like that is the perfect i think summation of that movie of like you can be a human being with real feelings and also um you know feel undervalued you don't have to be alone just for your principles exactly yeah so good um really just thought it was fun and funny and worked on uh kind of both levels it was aiming for i think gerwig and Shersha is her sort of perfect um, partner. They are very specific about what they're doing in a way that somehow doesn't feel like pedantic. And that's like crazy to me that Trisha Ronan's just so I mean she's frigging talented. I don't understand why she did not did she get a Golden Globe nomination? I don't don't think so. That's I think maybe she did, but she should win. It's pretty clear to me. She's so good. She keeps finding like if you compare this performance to Lady Bird, um, it is just 108, it's just completely yeah. different. And it's, then go um, a year before that and go to Brooklyn. Oh, my God. And Hannah and... I mean, she's um, so... She's incredible. She's ridiculously talented. Yeah. She Florence Pugh is also terrific in this role. Um, she just really brings a great... Uh, you know, that character can be bratty. And we've talked a little bit about... I think uh, my husband Dave was telling me that, like... In previous adaptations, uh, her character is constantly mispronouncing things and a right. bit of a kind of a wannabe, whatever. And they soften that a little bit, but it makes sense, um, yeah. I think, in yep. the context of this thing. Laura Dern is great and lovely as the the saintly mother. Yes. Um, you know, Emma Watson, Meryl, you tried. Meryl Streep's hilarious. <laughs> Emma Watson, you tried. Elizabeth you were fine, Emma Watson. Scanlon, you die good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't... Also, her, I mean... The only bad accent in this movie is Emma Watson. I know. Which I know. Actually, I, we didn't I'm do sorry, accent hon. Cop. Yeah. Um, I didn't actually realize Florence Pugh was not American, so good on you. Yep. Um, also, speaking of accents, I'm forgetting uh, Bear's, uh, Professor Bear's uh, name, the guy who plays him. Yeah. 
um, hey, you're super hot. <laughs> That's a new change. I was kind of like, yeah, I'm Team Bear here. Um, oh, those dreamy eyelashes. Well, I'm sorry. The guy that played him in the last adaptation was Gabriel Byrne. Oh, there so you go. you're okay. super hot. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. It's sort of like a in this fucked up fucking time of yeah. our lives. It was a very pleasurable, gentle, kind funny sweet movie and i was saying to you after i got out like if i really think about american mainstream i think this is a mainstream studio Mm -hmm. um it's one of the best i've seen this year i just this is what good hollywood filmmaking should look like and it's a rarity i mean i know a lot of people sort of felt that about knives out too and i get that but this was did the same thing for me like it was just really solid moved well also the score beautiful um lovely i just lost a golden globe last night i'm completely blanking on who the the person is who wrote it um but wow what a good score i mean compare this to marriage story sorry i don't mean to shit on bumpuck again but randy newman did that score it's so cloying it's so emotional and manipulative this is just like lovely and pensive it and fits with the scope of the the landscapes that yeah. they shoot it, it's I mean, beautiful she's a really really yeah. good director yeah. and the cinematography is beautiful and the set design is beautiful there's a piano obviously that uh beth gets um, that I like. I, I loved looking at that right. piano. There's a certain light in the film. And it, oh, another thing we didn't mention is it jumps around a bit in time. Yeah. Um, in a way that I don't think any of the other adaptations have done. And it sort of removes all the melodrama and just yes. becomes very just like, it's the emotional resonances you're interested in here, not the actual Dying. melodrama yes. and the like, plot. <laughs> you don't have to sit there as a viewer for three hours and be like, oh, God, oh, they're coming back. Oh, no, no, now they're dying. It's sort of like right. fate is is coming for us all. Right. And um, you know it. I mean, yeah. if you have any inkling of this plot at all, you know it's there. And so the very idea that... <sighs> It takes some of the pain out of it in a weird way, but makes it more real and and more. I don't want to say kind, but kind. Yeah. And, and you, you 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 don't not feel it, and yeah. it's still important, and it still touches these characters. But it doesn't make it what the whole movie is about. Now you're you know it's not Deborah Winger coughing up a lung at the multiplex. It's right, not right. you know the kids saying goodbye in the in the the hospital room it is so this movie is about so much more than the fact that beth dies it is about how the characters react to it and and what they all meant to each other and how they use that in a way and it's so much more than a death scene for three hours exactly and 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 i the jumping around around was very smart and really handled that well so that it didn't become what the whole thing is about totally and it's funny it's very funny. It's like really, it was really a pleasure to see this movie in like Emeryville yes. on a Saturday night at six o'clock. It was sold out. Yep. There were kids in there. Yep. People laughed. I mean, I, you could, it really was connecting with people and it was nice, really nice to see that. I loved watching Chalamet and Shersha Ronan play off each other again. Those two actors obviously are comfortable with each other and, and have done a lot together. The the scene finally when Laurie feels like he has to... And I love that scene and both 
the the actors working with each other and the idea that they both know what he's going to say yep. and that he probably shouldn't say it. Yep. And he looks at her at one point and says, no, we have to have this out. Yeah. We have to put it in the open. And her, and it's such a great scene between these two actors that know each other and know these parts and took it in this very wonderful friendship place of, you know, there's something that's unspoken here and we have to say it and it might ruin everything. Yeah. But only for a little while, you know, it was, it was such a great scene and they are so good together. I I just think mm. those kind of interactions were the reason that I was sort of like, I want to see this again because there were moments like that that were just, I mean, even Amy and Shyamalan, like with Meryl Streep and the, uh, you know, whatever you call that, the, horse and buggy when right like that scene crack there are these crackling scenes yes. in it that i was just sort of like these are gonna stick in my mind and i sort of want to watch them again and yes. sort of soak in it um, totally. which is a sign of really great filmmaking when you can sort of make these sort of you know could be melodramatic and sort of languid kind of right old-fashioned scenes sort of have this weird crispness to them yep. so uh yeah i think if i did my top 10 this would probably show up on the bottom yeah. end of it for me agreed I mean, it's an old book that's like you right. know showing its seams but i think it's as a it did well yeah did a really nice job of really looking at it anew and um demonstrating its you know its director's love for the material and yeah, i think that's absolutely. crucial when you're doing something like this absolutely anything else i don't have much else to say i feel I like we've, Short we've about week. put that one to bed yep. um Next week, we're going to talk about work in progress. I think we're going to convince Parker to come back on and, and, and do some updates on that and a few other things. We may have um, some Cats-related action. There may it. be. So, yeah, he, he put in a few few minutes for us in that one, so we'll see what happens. It's the Cats <laughs> challenge. How yes. long can you make it through Cats? I might put myself through that test this week. Oh, we'll I think you should, just yeah. so because I'm not going to tell you how far he made it yeah. so that we can get there. How far did you make it on Cats? <laughs> Where can you? they tell us, Justin? Uh, you can talk to us on Facebook at The Next Podcast. You you can hit us up on email at motionnicks at gmail. Um, we are on Twitter at the next podcast, a platform I am increasingly not wanting to pay attention to because it's an anxiety machine. But I you... manage our Twitter account, so it's fine. <laughs> I'm at Justin Hardung on Twitter in case you want to add to my anxiety. And I'm at Fanny V. Darling. Don't add to my anxiety. I have enough schools back in session. We'll talk to you next week.